0: welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at at amazinglove at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to amazinglove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. invite you to pray with me. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the chief cornerstone of the church. When I pray the prayer you taught us, it's about your glory and it's about your kingdom. But Lord, I would just pray that your kingdom would come and this through us at Amazing Love, that you would use all of us who are involved in this church so that your kingdom could spread and many people would know Jesus. But in order to serve you, we need to see you so show up in a powerful way, work through the preaching of your word, and change our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start off with this premise that new and exciting is easy. That new and exciting is easy. And here I wanted to provide some social commentary, uh, maybe for those who might be dating. I know there are some teens in the room, and, and maybe you thought about dating. And, and here's my advice that if it's not going well when you're dating, if there is not a bit of euphoria or cloud nine, if there isn't a ton more good than there is bad, it might be time to give it up. Because the reality is new and exciting is going to be way more easy than when it is not new and exciting, which is always what gives me a kick about the dating shows on TV. I won't mention any in particular. (coughs) The Bachelor. Anyway, um, and let's just, see what they're doing. They they draw people away from all the pressures of their life. So so these are people who don't have to worry about going to a job. These are people who don't have to worry about family pressures. And these are people who are paid to go on their dates. Now, that is not how my dating life was. And and it seems to me that if you can't get along with someone when you're in the Bahamas, you know, having a a fine meal, I think the problem has more to do with you than the environment, right? And, And then consider what happens when they get back from these shows. How many of the bachelors and bachelorettes have ever worked out? Not many. I think the one was Christian. Anyway, don't know what God has to say about that, but maybe there's something. Anyway, um, and and that's because the pressures of life come in, don't they? They're no longer paid just to go out to eat. They have jobs. They have responsibilities. And and what was new and exciting and maybe a one-on-one date is now old and tired, and he gets to know the people and all the warts involved with people, and it isn't so good anymore. Yeah, new and exciting is easy. Old and tired is a little bit harder. That's why, by the way, Sidelight, every good marriage takes hard work. Do you know that? Every good marriage takes hard work. I remember this principle playing out when I did family chores. I remember for so long wanting to mow the lawn, right? That lasted like once. Because when I finally got there, you know, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I finally get to push it. I'm big enough. It's like a rite of passage for being a man, and, and there I go and that's all I needed. It's <laughs> not what I got, though. Or driving. I, I remember being so excited to drive the car, you know, to, again, listen to the stereo, go where I want, you know, to, to not have it. Do you know the drivers who go, like, up and down with the gas pedal and aren't steady? Do you know what I'm talking about? That just drives me nuts. So I'm like, I'm going to be a smooth operator, right? It's just going to be one, you know, and it's not going to drive me. That's because I'm going to be driving, well, that was new and exciting, but now I'll tell you I don't care how you drive; you can drive. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm, that that new and exciting thing is worn off. The reason I bring this up is because I believe if you're a Christian, you may have seasons that are new and exciting. And by the way, I think there is a lot of excitement going and living for Jesus and learning about Him. In fact, I hope you're in such a season. Maybe it's when you're freshening the faith up with new perspective or learning new things or trying new things. That's an awesome period to be in, right? Or maybe you just reconnected to Jesus once again. And by the way, if you're new to Amazing Love or if you want to connect for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. That's what this church is all about. But I would guess that there are a lot of old-time Christians in the building. In fact, I want to do a quick poll, if you'll allow me. Raise your hand if you've been a Christian for more than 10 years. Wow, look at all that. Raise your hand if you've been a Christian for more than 30 years. And raise your hand if you've been a Christian for more than 50 years. This is where I'm going to keep it. I don't know if you were looking around, but we got a lot of Christians in the building. And I believe Christians who understand that some seasons are new and exciting, but some seasons aren't that. And, and some seasons, if it's not new and exciting, maybe it has felt old and tired. And maybe there have been moments, even in your Christian walk, as you just try to walk it out and, and it gets wearisome, that, that, that heaven seems silent it gets a little bit tougher. And, and this is what I want to speak into today. Because we walk more than just a day, don't we? That's the goal of the faith, to press on to the finish line. And in so, we need much more encouragement. We need much more perspective as we just keep plodding along because this is a marathon, not a sprint, baby. So that's what we want to speak about. So let's get into it. Uh, We're studying Abram, um, who will later be named Abraham, but I think we meet him at a point where where following the one true God has become a little bit old and tired. Um, Let me set it up this way. Uh, Abram was promised a lot of things when God showed up. He was 75 years old. And he was promised that he would have a, a son and a great nation from his line. And he was promised the land of Canaan. And he was promised a great name. And you know how much of that he has right now? None of it. (laughs) Not even a sliver. And this is what some commentators think is 10 years later. So it was new, fresh, and exciting. Yeah, God, I'll go wherever you want to go. It's now a little bit wearisome because God didn't give what he had promised yet. And that's where we meet Abram. God, I'm waiting on you. God, you seem silent. You promised so many things, but I haven't seen a, a bit of it. Let's learn from him. Read from Genesis chapter 15, I'm going to invite you to follow along. Maybe I'll discuss a few of the the important details, but we're going to pick it apart later, okay? So so I'm going to read this account. It said, After this, this was the great battle that he had just done, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will become my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh. And I was translating, and it, it actually had the uh, idea of like DNA. Uh, someone from inside of you. So it, it was translated, someone from your bowels will come to be your heir. But that doesn't sound very good in English, so we'll just go with DNA. Uh, anyway, um, and so it said, someone from your own line will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness, the importance of faith. He then said, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land and to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. How many of you ever bought a house? So what's happening here is they're going to the title company and they're going to sign the document that there is no reverse on. There is no, like, three days out on. This is just a done deal. That's what they were arranging here is an official contract. You ready for the contract? So here it goes. Abram brought all these, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, they did not cut in half. The birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. And as the sun was setting, Abram fell into deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. We'll talk about that. That they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I'll punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace, be buried at a good old age, I think 175. In, in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. God knows what's happening everywhere. The sin's everywhere. Don't worry about what's happening in the world. It's mine to avenge, says the Lord. He doesn't miss anything that's important for us who deal with so much world terror right now. Anyway, um, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot, this symbolizes the Lord, uh, with with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. It's interesting that the pieces of the carcasses were there to give a silent reminder that if anyone breaks this covenant, so will you be like a carcass. Anyway, amazing that God would bind himself to that. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I will give the land from the wadi of Egypt to the great river of the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites. That, can I just pause? It's the land of a lot of people. Okay. Very good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All those people. And this is the word of the Lord. But what does God do? He shows up in a powerful way that would not be forgotten by Abram. And he's so tender, I believe. He's so good to Abram by what he does here. And I hope God just speaks into your life if you've ever experienced or if you're in a season that is old or tired. Still with me? All right, all right, let's get going. So uh, there were a few speeches this past week. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the news. We'll have a political um, sermon series coming up, by the way, uh, Earlier, close to voting time. I'm excited to talk about that. I'm not going to do it now. And just so you know, I just wanted to, you to know, I don't take a side. I just encourage you to vote, how awesome we can vote. Um, but, but one of the speeches I want to talk about came from a Trump, um, not Melinda, um, <laughs> um, but I want to talk about this lady, Ivanka Trump. I had turned on the TV and uh, was just uh, paging through. I didn't even try to, to watch her speech, but, but I was struck by it. I, I was struck that, that she is a, a good communicator, and, and I was struck, just on this basis, of all the uh, endearing things he, she was saying about dad. You know, talking about uh, uh, just so many things and then her concluding thoughts about her dad, I just wanted to share with you. Um, to earn your trust and to earn your vote, she was talking about going and, and meeting every person, He earned that and much more from me a long time ago, I've loved and respected him my entire life and I could not be more proud tonight to present to you Donald Trump. Okay. I bring this up because I just ask if there's parents in the room. How many parents would like their children to say such things about them? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I hope that someday I get like half of, of what she said about her father. Because I know who I am, right? I hope that they can reflect and, and have way more good to say than they have bad to say because of, of what I did. And, and, and what I'm really trying to think is, think of how Donald Trump felt hearing those words from his daughter. That had to have been a good moment no matter what plays out for him because that's just an encouraging, encouraging thing. And here we find the the power of encouragement. When is the last time someone encouraged you? Someone patted you on the back and said, good job. Someone looked at you, maybe you're a young person, said, you got potential. Someone was just so nice. I remember we had a soccer camp this week and we were coming into camp one day and there was a member who just said, you know what you guys are doing for these kids? It is just great. It is just awesome. It was just a simple thing, but i got to tell you, put a spring in my step. Like, yeah, we're going to rock soccer camp now. Just, that's what encouragement can do, isn't it? Now, how do we get past seasons that are maybe old and tired when it comes to our walk in God? This is the first point. What I believe we need is encouragement from God. We need to say what you're doing. The, the, those, those moments, that, you know, that battle to get here with the kids, it's worth it. It's worth it. You made it. That's awesome. You're making an impression by the priorities you're given. It's worth it, I tell you that. Because so often we get discouraged. We have way too much that goes on in this world that gets us down rather than gets us up. And that is where Abram was. Let me explain a little bit of his context. We already heard all the promises that he was given, and at this point none of them came to fruition. He didn't have a child. He didn't have the land. He didn't have a great name. None of it. He also had just done a great battle. He took 318, if you were here last week, 318 versus kings and armies. Some think, some commentators were thinking, he might have been dealing with post-traumatic stress. Some think that, again, after um, defeating others or killing others, that, that he might have been really low based on that. The word started after this. Some also think that maybe he was experiencing the dip. Have you ever heard of the dip? I'm not talking about chewing tobacco okay? The dip is rather when you have this mountaintop experience, watch out, because what might come next is a valley. Elijah knew something about that. He he had this instance with the prophets of Baal where fire literally came from heaven, and he totally, like, won the day for, for everyone, and then the next thing, the next day we meet Elijah, he's like, get rid of me, God. I'm done. I'm out. I'm so frustrated. These are all the things that are going on in Abram's life, Which is why when God shows up, it is so important. And hear what he said once again. Verse one, what's he say? He says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. How how much a shield was needed as he just fought those armies. How good to hear reward because he had just given up the plunder, saying, No, God is going to make me rich if anyone does. I don't need it, King of Sodom. We need the same things today, don't we? in a world that is a mess and chaotic. Don't we need to hear, don't worry, God's going to be your shield. Don't worry, before those gates, it isn't the wand that's going to keep you safe, even though I'm not against the wand. It's the King of Kings who holds you in the palm of his hand. That's who's going to keep you safe. When it comes to reward, and we look at our economy, or we look at the state of the nation, how important it is to hear, don't worry, I am your reward. Do you know there is no place you can go that I won't guide you, I won't protect you, I won't provide for you? That is our God, who again encourages us. But where are we going to find this encouragement? It's so good to hear this. Where are we going to go? Are we going to use Pokemon Go to get us to the encouragement of God? No! You might find Pikachu, but you don't find encouragement there. You've got to go to the Bible. We've got to get together, my friends. We got to say, you know Jesus, I know Jesus, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he was good this week. Yeah, he's good to me too. That's awesome. We got to do that on a regular basis. We got to read our Bibles. You hear it all the time. Are you having a personal devotion? If you take nothing else away from today, is anyone doing a personal devotion? I don't need to raise your hands, but please think of a personal devotion. And by the way, if you need a Bible, I would love to give you a Bible. Our church would love to give you a Bible. Please read your Bibles. We go through way too much not to receive a word of encouragement from our God. That's the first point. But moving on. And uh, this week I told you at soccer camp and uh, just a, a great thanks for all involved. Christine Seaver and, and, and Catherine Bloomer and Nathan Hintz and Catalina Boomsma. Um, just so many great, great people helping out. Jeff Rui. Um, is it if I tell you one story? This is my favorite story. It has nothing to do with the word of God. You ready? So there's a, there's a five-year-old who had a brand new soccer shorts on and I was getting ready for a, you know, a devotion outside and there was dew on the ground. And I said, everyone sit down. And I forget exactly what she said, but she basically scolded me. Like, how dare you? These are new shorts, Pastor. These are new shorts. I do not sit in dewy grass in my new shorts. I just got them yesterday, Pastor. i I'll never forget getting scolded by a five-year-old. never forget. It was awesome. Thank you very much. But during soccer camp, I noticed something. That there is a world of difference between a five-year-old soccer player and a ten-year-old soccer player. I was watching scrimmages and the technique and the the communication and just what they could do is is way different, which is why we put them in groups. And then there's a huge difference between our ten-year-olds and like the soccer coaches who are teenagers. And then I could still go down the line. There's a huge difference between the teenagers and college players. And then I could go with a huge difference between college players and and Chicago Fire. And Chicago Fire versus, you know, those in Europe, Arsenal, our, our, our USA team, you know, there's a huge difference because the bottom line is every soccer player was in the midst of progress. Right? Every soccer player was in the midst of progress. They had to get a little bit better to really play the game. Spiritually speaking, I just wanted to remind you, you and I are at the same place. Isn't that true? In fact, this is where, uh, if you're new to Amazing Love, I just want to apologize that we're works in progress. they are works in progress. And and I think there are many great people here. There are some awesome representatives for Jesus in this building. This is not to look down. But if you forget that we're works in progress, I apologize. Because that's all of us. I bring this up because Abram was a work in progress. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. It says, Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? Now, I understand this because Jesus just said he was the reward. And so he's like, what can you give me? I don't have what you promised. And I even understand it coming once. But then look at the next verse. As if God was deaf. And Abram said, You have given me no children. Let me say it once more. So a servant in my household will become my heir. Now, at this point, I think he's being a little disrespectful. At this point, I think he's being a little impatient, questioning God and when he's going to show up. I believe that, that the Lord could have said, "Boy, <laughs> you don't know who you're talking to." Boy, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. Sorry, that's a favorite line of mine. Anyway, uh, and uh, and he could have said all those things. He could have went off. Like, right? who is Abram in the scheme of things? He's nothing. But the Lord doesn't do that. He doesn't come down with a hammer. Rather, he's patient with Abram. He reminds him again that the covenant is coming. He shows and displays that patience. This is what we need when we feel in a tired place, in a weary place. We need to appreciate God's patience for works in progress. When's the last time you've just been so thankful that God hasn't kicked me out by now? He could have kicked me out a long time ago. When's the last time you just said, "Thank you, Lord, that You've been so faithful to me, that Your mercies are new every morning, and that I am here all because of You"? When's the last time you just said, "Thank you so much, that You're patient with a work in progress"? This is the encouragement of God. And so, what I was struck by was uh, Abram's attitudinal problem. I don't know if you ever wrestled with an attitudinal problem. And I think sometimes the reason we feel like it's old and tired has less to do with God's inactivity, has less to do with God's perspective, and more with the attitudinal problems that we carry on. That we say, God, you aren't so good, or God, you aren't so faithful, or or, God, I've heard this before and it's too dry. More has to do with our attitudinal problems, my friends. And I encourage you to leave that here today. Let's renew our minds together. Let's be refreshed together. Let's celebrate again God's faithfulness together and leave our attitude at the door, leaving encouraged, because what I believe we offer to God is the offerings of what we do. I want to speak of offerings. Uh, Some might know we have a table, which is called an altar, and the reason we put a cross on it is because the one sacrifice that came. But before these sacrifices, people would bring bulls, and they would bring goats, and they'd bring doves, and they would slaughter them at the table, and they'd burn them up, and the Old Testament said that this was an aroma pleasing to God. These sacrifices were pleasing to God, an aroma pleasing to God. If what we offer today is our attitude towards God, let me ask you what is the aroma that He smells? Does He ever look down on our lives and just say, P U, that stinks? I have been so good, and P.U., you are just complaining. You are just down and out. You are just not even thanking me for the goodness I have given you. P.U. So this is what I think we should do. We should rethink your scent. This is not talking about Axe Body Spray, but maybe it is. Maybe it is, Axe Body Spray users. We should rethink what we're giving to God. Is the aroma of our attitude one that is pleasing? Do we go around with gratitude in our hearts? Do we go around picking out the positives even in a sinful, chaotic world? Do we go around with our heads down or up because God is that good? I am your lead champion in a bad attitude. But I tell you, I want to leave it here. I want to be done with it because God is good. Looks what happens next. The crux of this lesson is really verse 6. Verse 6, it says, Abraham, can you say that word with me? Abraham, wow, we got to try that again. Are we still here? We got to turn the air on. We're getting sleepy. We're getting sleepy. All right, let's let's try it again. Abram believed. He believed in the Lord, and what did he do? He credited to him as righteousness. See, what happened is just through faith, through faith in the perfect one, the one who had come through Abram's line, he was credited with perfection. Through faith, when we trust in Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, what you do is you exchange your stink for his pleasant aroma. You exchange your sin for his perfection. This is the transfer that happens through faith, my friends. And this is why salvation is a gift. It has nothing to do with what you do and what I do. It has everything to do with faith in that perfect one. The one who has done it all for us. And the one who has given us peace even this day. And so from this, let me ask you, even though Abram was in a season being down and out, was the Lord faithful to him in the end? Let me ask you, was he faithful? Have you heard of Abraham before you came here? Does he still have a great name? Okay, have you heard of the Israelites and the land they live in? They're even kind of still living there, huh? Have you heard of Jesus? who was a blessing from all, who came from Abram's line. Yes, God was faithful. I, I get a kick out of the reference for 400 years. Do you know what that was referencing? He even picked out the Egyptian captivity when Joseph went there and then Moses brought him out. God had that, and, and, and Abram saw none of it right now, but we see all of it right now, don't we? We see just how faithful God was. Christians, we got to look into the Bible and recount all of God's faithful ways. And we got to let our faith be fueled by God's faithfulness. That's what we got to do. You might not see it right now. Okay, I get you. I get you. I've been there. You don't see how it turns out. I get you. I get you. Have you ever seen it? Has he ever made a bad thing for good? Has he ever provided for you in the past and maybe you just forgot about it? Has he ever showed up just as he promised for the future as he did in your past? Why do we forget these things? Why do we have such quick amnesia over the faithfulness of our God? the God who promised that there would be a Savior through the line of Abraham, through the line of Isaac and Judah, the God who said a Savior would be born in the town of Mary, the God who, who, the town of David, the God who said he'd be born of a virgin who we know is named Mary, the God who said this, this Savior, not a bone on his body would be broken, this Savior, he'd be pierced for our transgressions, this Savior would be a king in David's line, this Savior would ride on a donkey, this Savior whose clothes would be cast for lots, and all of them happened through millennia of years, through thousands of years, to say once and for all, God is faithful. And you may not see it now, but someday, someday we will look back on our lives and we'll be like, oh my goodness, I didn't see it, but you were faithful. Now, as we close, I want to talk about the relationship God has with Abram and with us as we just have a final thought here. See, Abram had a unique relationship with God, and and it is described as a word we'll talk about, but to set it up, I want to see if you can see the corollary between a few pictures. Um, What's the corollary between Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon? What is the correlate between these guys? You're welcome for this one. (laughs) Or these guys? What's the corollary between these guys? Or these guys? Those are donuts. The corollary, is that we're besties, me and donuts, the bloomers and donuts, cookies and milk, that dough and that other thing, I forget what it was, but anyway, the corollary is they are friends, aren't they? Do you know Abram was described as a friend of God? He had a unique title. Let me give you some passages. Abram believed God and was credited in his righteousness, and he was called God's friend. I was reading this just in my Bible study. It's funny how God used that. Read your Bibles. Do you need a Bible? The world would change if we all decide to read our Bibles. Do you know that? Have I said it enough? Read your Bibles. It will change. You want a revival? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Sorry, too much. Read your Bible. Who knows what I'm going to say? Read your Bible. Yeah, okay came up I was just reading my Bible and said what is Abraham to God he's a friend he's a friend what if we started viewing God as our friend as the one who will continue to encourage us the one who will continue to be there and make true on all of his promises the one who will continue to remind us we're at peace with the father all through Jesus then if we do that, we don't have to be in old and weary territories. We can continue to strive to keep going in the Lord, even though maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. You know, it kind of reminds me of what I did on my eighth grade field trip, and I'm going to close here. I remember going to Devil's Lake, Wisconsin, and I had a group of friends who weren't very friendly, and they sprinted off and they left me. But I didn't care, um, because I was slower, and I I just started jogging, and jogging, and it wasn't very fast, and and after a while, because I just kept jogging, I caught up with my friends, and after a while, they hid in the bushes, so I jogged again, and I went even further than my friends who hit on me because they're not good friends, but but in the meantime, I picked up more friends. I had people on the trail who were like, oh, it's okay. They're mean, but you're nice, and anyway, so I picked up more friends. I just kept going, and I kept jogging and jogging. I made it two times around Devil's Lake on my eighth grade field trip, my friends, all because I just kept going, and I kept jogging, and it was hard for the chubby little dude, but I kept going, and that's what I do, because I just keep jogging because I can, and I'll pick up friends along the way. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Keep jogging. Just keep going. You'll be surprised at how far you get. You might not end up with the same friends that you thought you're going to be with, but you might pick up some new ones on the way. You might even know where you're going. That's all right. Just keep jogging. That's what I'm here to tell you. Just finish the race marked out for you. Just keep going in the Lord. And by doing this again, we will reach that finish line together. Amen.